Okay, hey everybody. Um, this is Ho in the Know. I am Selena the Strippa, also known as at Pretty Boy Girl on Instagram, also known as at The Real Pretty Boy Girl on my Patreon. If you want to subscribe for that premium content, stuff that you can't get on my Instagram because my Instagram is hella inconsistent. But my Patreon happens, or I post twice a week, and it includes content that you don't get to see on my gram because there's out calls, there's like all of the stuff that I don't feel like talking about with a non-premium audience because it is real labor and it is real risk. So I like to get paid for that kind of thing. True. I am La Negrita, La Mulachina, the stripper on your zipper, and I am joined today by the lovely... Uh, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Lauren Crow. Pronouns they, them. Perfect. <laughs> um, and um, so you already know that I'm a stripper, but I'm, I've also done cam work and I've sugar dated. So I've kind of like been in various venues of sex work. And um, Lauren has joined me to talk about their um, experiences being a sex worker. Yeah. Although they are currently not involved in sex work yeah correct but you're kind of like always in the community yeah yeah I feel I mean I feel like once you do sex work like it kind of informs different areas of your life I'm an artist so that definitely can inform you know artistic choices I make or just like personal choices I make um but I've kind of dabbled in in any area I could get into um I'm not a traditionally accepted body type or like idea of beauty so there are a lot of sex work that I couldn't access um or it was more difficult for me to access so I I've done a little bit of sugaring I've done uh I auditioned at one strip strip place in San Francisco uh-huh. ages ago that didn't happen mm-hmm. um I've done massage I've done phone sex um I thought about cam work, but I, I don't. It's a lot of work. Oh, it yeah. really is a lot of oh, work. Oh my god, <laughs> camming is like a whole subject into itself. Yeah, and I. I mean, I've cammed, and I was not successful with camming. It, yeah, it Pe- involves hours and hours of waiting. <laughs> People expect a lot out of you, and oh, like yeah. oftentimes aren't even tipping. They're just kind of yeah. sitting there for a free show, and you're like, yeah. "Hey man, I'm out here trying to make money." Like, hey man, this yeah. is my work. I'm not just. This is not like my fetish that yeah. I get off on. <laughs> like I, I have to pay my rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you've done so many different kinds, and um, but you also mentioned that you were excluded from certain arenas. And yeah, could definitely. You kind of like run down. Um, what you experienced and why, why you were excluded. Oh, well, I'm a fat person, um, flat out. And as a fat person, I feel like in a lot of ways, we're kind of excluded from the mainstream of sex work because it's not necessarily accepted as the idea of beauty, at least in certain arenas. Mm-hmm, in strip definitely. clubs, they are still very fat phobic, very transphobic, very, you know, like... Yeah, there's a lot of chromatism. Yeah, like, uh, there's a specific kind of look you, like, have to have. I mean, I think, I know people who kind of subvert that a little bit, and depending mm-hmm. on the club you're you're at... It depends it, on your state, too. Yeah, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I lived in Portland for a little bit, and of course, you know, there's, like, they have yeah. the vegan strip clubs, <laughs> oh and, like, God, yeah. the, like, heavily tattooed, like, strippers, but yeah. still it's, like... Very, very far and few it's in very between that a fat person broadly. is there. Yeah. And if a person is like curvy, you mm-hmm. know, it's like they got curves in all the right places, but yeah. they still, you know. There's an acceptable kind of fat. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't fit into that. So I was definitely kind of pushed into, I don't, I, I don't want to say pushed, but I was, you know, it was easier for me to gain entry into 
different arenas of sex work. But even then, like with sugaring, it's kind of the same debacle, you know, mm-hmm. that I have to find um, a particular gentleman who would be interested in someone who, you know, I have green hair, I'm covered <laughs> in tattoos. Like uh-huh. there are ways that I could have performed femininity a little more and maybe mm-hmm. tried to slip into that. But I don't, it's it's a slippery slope, really I feel like, like altering slope. yourself and your, your being like for you know for money it's it's like enjoyable but I feel like there is like there's performance to it for sure oh there's constant performance I mean I've never been more feminine than I am right now (laughs) (laughs) and like I definitely I mean right now I'm wearing a little bit of makeup and that's not usually what I do but I wanted to take a picture with Lauren (laughs) but like normally on my days off I am as much in boy mode as possible yeah I'm like wearing anything oversized I don't wear makeup I hardly do my hair I like roll the fuck out of bed and then that's me (laughs) you're just like just let me because femininity is exhausting yeah and it really is like it's a time tax and it's a money tax you know you put on makeup makeup is so much money you get your hair done that's so much money you spend an extra 30 minutes or more every day like doing these kinds of grooming things and the grooming rituals like if you calculate that into time and money then it's really expensive yeah true and whenever you can avoid to do that i mean you're avoiding that kind of tax yeah so anyway um since you were able to get into it as like a person who didn't fit into those kinds of parameters how did you navigate it and what what was okay so you um did some work at a massage parlor and Mm -hmm. we're going to just kind of start talking about that because i am totally not very familiar with that venue yeah um and it's so unique and i'm so excited yeah to i i mean i also feel like i'm not kind of the usual perception of a person who would be working at a massage parlor as Mm -hmm. well um i was in australia so this is kind of a whole Oh, that's so a different, whole other too. demographic. And it's also because sex work is legal there. Yeah, in, in particular yeah. parts of it. Um, so I had friends who worked in brothels, and I, I wasn't really prepared to go full service at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, What's, okay, let's start before we go into that. So I kind of want to start with, like, a baseline question. Yeah. And that is, what is sex? What is sex? <laughs> well... I think people have a lot of ideas that sex is just, you know, like penis in vagina penetrative sex. Yeah. That is a sex act. You Mm -hmm. know, there's, I think like, I I don't know. And there's like so many different kinds of sex. I feel like there's so many different kinds of sex. I don't know. I I feel like sex is just like intimacy in a way that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like physical touch not necessarily always with your hands you know, it's, yeah I, I don't know because I mean sex can be like you know it can be genital touching it can be massage it yeah. can be I mean people say phone sexes I mean that is a sex yeah, so, <laughs> yeah that's, it's literally in the title and you know even so that's it, totally non-physical yeah I mean people were definitely asking me to be physical through the phone and mm-hmm. I heard them being physical with yeah, themselves exactly. so like you know it is a kind of sexual exchange, I suppose. Yeah, watching um, somebody have sex, does that count as, like, being involved in the sex act? I mean, I would debate— I would say yes. yes. I would say yes, that you are kind of involved. Yeah. Um, so I think that the term sex 
because it has so many definitions, it kind of allows us to say that sex work itself also has so many definitions and how one might participate and be like adjacent to it, be in the same room, like help, (laughs) add a helping hand, add touch (laughs) or add your voice. So like there's so many different venues. So whenever we're talking about sex work, we're talking about all of those different venues. So it's yeah. from like massage parlor, full service, people escorting, people sugaring, camming, BDSM work, stripping. The list goes on. The list goes on. Which is actually pretty exciting that there are so many like different facets and different avenues for people to access. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many different ways um, and different and because there's so many ways, different bodies and different orientations, like uh, there's there's usually going to be a fit for whoever wants to participate. Yeah. And that's kind of amazing because there are not many venues of work that are kind of so egalitarian and open to people of a broad range of kinds. Yeah. I mean, every, well, not everybody wants sex, but like it's the oldest profession in the it world. Is, like yeah. everyone, you know. Not everyone. I don't know why I keep saying everyone, but like intimacy yeah. is like for everyone. Yeah, there's so. some form of intimacy, and I'm like that's not excluding ace people. Like, yeah, like asexuals are like totally in the mix. Yeah, to- but it, it just you know like intimacy is such a broad term. So much of it too is like I think people have a misconception. So much of it is emotional labor oh as my well. God, yeah, <laughs> like. Just like being there with a person, or like not even physically, like on the phone as well, like holding space for people is like so much of it, like Uh so much time, so much energy, for better or worse. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't tell you how many men have like grown, fully grown men have cried on me (laughs) in the middle of like getting a dance or something. Sexy therapist. Sexy therapist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely feel that way. So since we kind of defined sex work, um, let's kind of start on your journey. So, oh, right. So how did you get into it? How did you get into massage parlor work? So let's see. That I was traveling in Australia for about a year. I had graduated college and was like, all right, let's go. Like, I knew people from Tumblr uh, <laughs> in Australia. Yes, the community. <laughs> I miss when Tumblr was chill. It, yeah. was, it was a cool place for a oh minute. Oh, my God. It was—I mean, it's just crazy yeah. how, like— what is it, 25% of people just left after they banned porn? I mean, it's all these, like, social media kind of, like, communities that once it becomes more about the monetization, like, it doesn't become about the users anymore. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what happened to Tumblr, too. That's what happened to Facebook. Yeah. That's what's happening to Instagram. Is and just also like, just, like, different companies kind of taking advantage of SESTA and FOSTA ruling yep. and creating more exclusionary communities and... Um, just generally like punishing people who are using or sex workers who are using their platforms for their business. Yeah. Even though it's been so integral to the identity of a lot of these companies and they didn't even realize it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's how they lost we'll steal 25%. This, we'll steal that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We'll steal this and we'll steal that. And I guess the worst thing about Tumblr right now is that I guess it's, it's like, the ownership is now under like Pornhub or something. Mm. So there's even more of a question of who owns the porn and how they're distributing it. And the way that Pornhub is, is that, you know, sex workers aren't getting paid. Yeah, they just steal videos all the time. They're just stealing videos and not compensating the people who create them. Yeah. 
But mm. anyway, so back to Australia. Back to the positive um, moments of Tumblr. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I knew people from Tumblr, and they're like, "Yeah, come visit." And I was like, "Okay, I just graduated college. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing." <laughs> um, so I popped over there, and I had friends who worked in in brothels. Back mm-hmm. to where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have a job. I had a working visa. And I was like, you know, I don't think I'm, like, quite ready to jump into full service yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, oh, I've worked at this massage place. It's just, like, a hole in the wall. Like, you can go there. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just showed up. And the lady was like, are you cool, like, doing, like, did, like, a hand job signal oh at gosh. me? Like, when you say it out loud, I was like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Like, that's I fine like that. Me. I like that she didn't even, like, want to use the term, even though it was— A lot of times, like— I know you have a question later about, you know, like, how do you keep yourself safe in these in these situations? Mm-hmm. Um, there was, like, a lot of precautions in that sense to, mm-hmm. to not, like, say things out loud. So there, Oh, yeah. So you—so it wasn't, like, a prosecutable event yeah. if you didn't, uh, if, like, admit to it verbally. Yeah, exactly, which I'm like, <laughs> here I am talking about it, but, hey, what, <laughs> yeah. are, what are you going to do? Well, you know, you're not in Australia right now. True, and— I mean, I mean, I don't know. I like, yeah, a part of me is kind of like, you know, if shit did happen for like this, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like I would want to go to bat like for this kind of yeah, shit and yeah. be like, why is this a prosecutable, prosecutable like offense? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's a kind of like when, well, I don't want to put all sex work into the same category because there's definitely non-consensual sex work. But as far as yeah. like consensual sex sex work, it's definitely like a, a victimless crime. Like yeah. Whenever you're able to get in there, you are a consensual sex worker. You're in there. You make a consensual agreement with a client. I mean, I've definitely had like non-consensual things happen yeah. to me. Um, yeah. The places that I was working were illegal. Mm-hmm. They, um, I think they, they were kind of circumventing like— they didn't want to pay a tax or things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, these were, like, hole-in-the-wall places. They didn't really—I worked at two different places. The first one I worked at, um, there was no security. So it was oh, just wow. just me and, like, a bunch of girls, and we would sit, like, on a couch. Client would ring a doorbell. They'd come in, and they'd say, I like you. So then we go back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so it's like, I mean, you didn't, you didn't get to hustle them or anything. There was no—like, it was just, like, look, point— I mean, we kind of got to say, like, hey, what's up? But it it was more like they either knew someone they liked there Mm -hmm. or they would see who was available at that time and Mm -hmm. then be like, okay, like, you're cool. Um, But the other one I worked at that actually did have security um, and that owner had, like, she took some pictures of us that were kind of like, you know, like sexy, sexy lean over yeah. the massage table, but like no face. Uh-huh. Um, so there were some people who like saw that ad and were like, oh, I want to see. I was going by Margot at the time. Oh, that's so cute. Um, so they'd be like, oh, I want to see Margot. Uh-huh. Um, and actually someone who assaulted me at the first place found me at the second place through oh, that wow. picture, which is like kind of scary. That is really terrifying. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. uh where were we? Okay. So, so <laughs> I know we kinda, just jumped no, no, into no, a lot you, of shit. You, you, I mean, yeah, there's like so much right there. Um, so so kind of describe like what was an average day or night? Like how did your shift begin? Kind of walk me through from beginning to end. Yeah. The And also tell me about your prep. Like my prep. Yes. So let's see. Well, the second place I worked at was like a little bit more official in some ways that we had like a security person, like we had our, you know, like, set rooms. Um, for prep, honestly, it would just be, like, shower, shave, and makeup. Like, mm-hmm. throw on something cute. Um, Did you have short hair? 
Yeah, I had short hair, which was, like, it was even shorter than it was before, which I was kind of surprised that, like, Mm -hmm. they were down with. But I also had, like, oh, I'm American. And they were kind of like, ooh, like, this is, like, special and exciting. (laughs) Because it was, like— You're exotic. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, it was mostly— It was a lot of travelers Mm -hmm. that were working there. Um, I was, like, one of the few white people working there, Mm -hmm. but I was the only—I think I was the only American as well. So I was—I don't know. They're like, oh, yeah, American. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what that accent was. Did you you work with other fat people? No. I think there was maybe, like, one other curvy person, but, like— Yeah, curvy's not— Yeah, I'm like, that's not the same. It's not the same. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so—but I'm kind of— I'm used to being one of few fat people in many spaces, so I'm just kind of like, all right, here we are. No, I mean, I mean I'm just curious about their hiring policies, for sure, too. And for so, sure. So um, as far as demographics go, like, what was kind of the mix there for people who were, who were performing massages? It was a lot of Vietnamese women. There were a couple black women. It was all, like, women or um, assigned female at birth people. Mm-hmm. Um, think... Okay, so there were no men? No. The only man who was present was a security guy at mm. the at the other place, but there was no one who was, like, um, I guess, like, offering services okay. at them. And um, how was the money handled? It was all cash. All cash? All cash, yeah. And we, what, so, like, what, um, how much were massages, and then what, like, percentage did you get, essentially? I think it was, like— Maybe like sixty for an hour, mm-hmm. and I think I saw. It was years ago. It must have been maybe like, I saw at least forty of that. Uh-huh. So I oh, got that's a good percentage. yeah. I got like a big chunk of that, yeah. and then they're like, whatever other money you make tips, is yeah. your business. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of like you know. No sex acts, wink, wink. Like, yeah, don't like, do that. Don't let like, us know about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you know they're yeah. like, do you do? This hand movement, hand movement, yeah. you know, like, and I was like, yeah, that's cool with me. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, different girls pushed it and did, like, more or less, like, depending on their comfort. Um, yeah. But, but, I mean, it's cool that you get to kind of, you you choose what you're willing to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, when I was, like, pretty inexperienced, I feel like I allowed things. Well, I don't want to say allowed things. Like, people kind of manipulated me into, like, situations that I wasn't comfortable with. But, you know, you get in that, like, that money brain or just kind of, like, fight or or flight. Yeah, where you're just kind of like, okay, like, let's just, like, do this to, like, keep this person happy and keep myself safe and, like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I found like bullet casings under the massage one of my massage tables once after oh I massaged God. someone that I was like, where the fuck did this come oh, from? Man. Like, it, yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't super safe, honestly. Yeah, but <laughs> so what? Um, so you negotiated for tips pretty regularly, yeah. I imagine. What was like kind of an average amount of tips that you would expect from a client? Um, at least fifty. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I. I would say, like, oh, do you want me to touch you here? Like, mm-hmm. it's 50 if you want that. You know, mm-hmm. or you you can, like, read people. Like, they'd be like, wow, you have such beautiful tits. And I'd yeah. be like, yeah, it's extra if you want to see them. Oh, I love them. Yeah, it's extra yeah. if you want to touch them. You know, yeah. like, yeah, just definitely. keep, like, adding on, adding on. And, yeah. like, you're, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, like, 50 was kind of the starting. And then yeah. you could kind of negotiate with people and, like, see what they what they wanted, what they were willing to do. And then there were some people who were just like, 
no thanks. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, here's, yeah. here's yeah. just an average-ass massage. Here's really average. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes sometimes that like that's all you need. Sometimes you just want to be, like, touched by another person. Oh, my God, so for real. I'm like, I just want a massage. Like, that's yeah. all nice. What did you wear? Um, usually I wore, like, short skirt, like, push-up bra, like, a little shirt over it. Just, like, give myself layers to kind mm-hmm. of be able to... Oh, entice. Yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, you're like, oh, if this? you want to take off this layer, then that's yeah, yeah. This much. Like, oh, I want to see this. I'm like, okay, like let's yeah, do it. Okay, here yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Usually, just like cute underwear was kind of the. I had to make sure I had that, but mm-hmm. the rest was kind of. It was like relatively civilian looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they it, that kind of added a little intrigue that they're like, oh, this just like, oh, like this oh. average American girl yeah. just like out here like doing this stuff. Wow, that's wild. wild. You know, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm new here. Like yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't like, know what I'm doing. You're just like, oh, don't yeah. you like my accent? Yeah, <laughs> right. They would say that, and I'm just like, really? It's okay. so funny. Yeah, because I work with an Aussie girl, mm. and and the Americans totally eat up her accent. Like, yeah, I work with like. British girls, Aussie girls, a bunch of Eastern European women. Although I definitely would say Eastern European women face a lot more uh, xenophobia mm. um, comparatively. Like if you have like an American or like uh, an English acceptable accent, people are like, oh, exotic. Love that. Yeah. yeah. But if you're like. Where English is like the first language yeah, of the place. Yeah. 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 Then people are like, oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. Or like we have positive feelings towards these countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, did people always get off? Do they always come? No, not always. Yeah, because I figure, I mean, so I think a lot in my experience, like, dancing, um, I mean, definitely people do, like, come in their pants sometimes. But, like, a lot of times, like, I think a lot of people come in, because, like, especially older guys, and they have, like, erectile dysfunction issues and stuff like that. So, something beyond just, like... Nutting, yeah. <laughs> that that is like the point. It's like the touch or the experience, the arousal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, not. I mean, not everyone came, but that like definitely seemed to be the goal of many people. Yeah, that they were there for it. Um, yeah. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we kind of like ran through what your coworkers are like. Um, what about your? Hmm? Oh, I was gonna say a lot of the time. Honestly, I was like. In the second place, I was very isolated from my coworkers. Like, we spent most of our time, like, in our own room. So it was kind of... And we had, like, really long shifts from, like, 10 in the morning till 10 at night. Oh, my God. So I was so there long. all day just, like, sitting in a room by myself, like, waiting for people to show up. Mm-hmm. That one was, like, pretty stressful in a lot of ways. The other one, we were just all, like, sitting in the, um, like, the reception room, like, mm-hmm. hanging out. But... No one really, I don't know, there wasn't really as much camaraderie or, like, kind of, I guess, camaraderie in it mm-hmm. or, like, relation to my coworkers that much. Like, and that kind of bummed me out. I was like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. we're in this together. Like, Was it a language barrier issue or was it just kind of, like, the, um, like the work politics or the work atmosphere? It, it People just didn't seem, like, that inclined to, like, chat that much with each other mm-hmm. and I tried to like strike up like we we talk a little bit like oh where are you from like how's it going like how long you been here but no one really like I don't know no one really got into like super specifics or super like personal kind mm-hmm. of shit I was like that could be safety you know yeah, precautions yeah. that people don't want to talk about that and yeah like, I respect have, that like irregular immigration status yeah stuff, things like that yeah 
I don't know, but I was like, come on, like, yeah, come on, we're, we're here by ourselves like all day, like, yeah, I know, talk. like you're, and and so much of sex work is waiting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say like seventy five percent is it's just chilling, chilling, like hoping that somebody picks you or that you're able to convince them yeah. to pick you. Yeah, I think that's a misconception as well that they're like oh, it's just a money pit. Like, you could just get so much money. And I'm like, some days. Some days, And yeah. some days I'm just, like, sitting on my ass. Like, some days you're like, why am I here if yeah, nobody's exactly. here? <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of filling the space and creating the environment that you hope somebody will walk into. Yeah, totally. But well, bosses. Um, hmm? Bosses? Bosses. Yes, I wanted to know about your oh, boss. Um, the bosses weren't, like, super present. Um Sometimes they were there. Sometimes they were not. Um, They kind of mostly were just there, like, to introduce me, like, to the space and be like, hi, welcome. Like, this is cool. Or, like, would text me, like, with shift information or, like, Mm -hmm. can you come in this time or – excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was a uh, gift to us. A little burp. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they, they weren't very present. Um, what were your, okay, so, like, uh, profile your bosses a little bit. Were they, like, um, white Aussies, like, Asian? No, it was mostly Asian women who, like, ran the show. Uh-huh. I mean, that seems to be, like, kind of the yeah. the standard demographic of, yeah. like, people who are running these spaces. With, so, um, what, what kind of Asian? The, let's see. I think the, the ladies running these two separate ones were both Vietnamese. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected that, but I mean, that's dope. Yeah. It was, I mean, they were, I mean, yeah. they were just ladies. I don't know. They were just, cool. You know, ladies. Yeah. That's okay. That's really interesting. Um, so, how did kind of like safe sex practices factor into your different work environments? Because I know you're not full service or you are not performing full service, but there's yeah. definitely like, barriers and things like that that I could understand or just yeah um how did you protect yourself or how did people generally protect themselves honestly like mostly it was just doing like I view safety checks you know Mm -hmm. and like making sure there was nothing visible um I wasn't really like doing much like oral so it was mostly just hands like if I Mm -hmm. did ever do oral like I would use a condom yeah um but hands like you know, as long as I didn't have any cuts or anything like that, yeah, I didn't yeah. feel super, uh-huh. super nervous or, or worried about, like, needing to have a sort of barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, I don't know, I try wiping people down, make sure yeah. they're not, like, smelly or got, like, dick cheese or Oh, whatever. my God. But dick cheese is a real problem. Yeah. Literally, I massaged this man once and a piece of toilet paper, like, fell out between his butt crack. You cannot see my face right now, but I He was face down, and I was making that exact face, just just like... like, oh, the biggest grimace right now. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Like, oh, sir, I guess you never checked this. Yeah, it's, like, kind of—it's surprising but not surprising, like, how many clients, like— I'm like, bro. Yeah, they just, just there's not enough like enough like hygiene, hygiene. and yeah. you're like, come on. Yeah, it's like these these a lot of men just don't hmm. ever consider entitled this. men. <laughs> entitled men, hmm. what? <laughs> Never concerned about genital odor. Hmm. I mean, that's outside of sex work as well. What a relief. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's like such a plague to AFABs. Like we're constantly like 
does my vagina or genital region smell like? Because we've been like shamed to like worry that much about it. Yeah, it's constantly a topic. Like, oh, pussy stank. Yeah. Oh, fishy. Like, oh, fishy. Yeah. Yeah, for years I didn't even want to get eaten out because I was just like, oh no, like it's like gross down there. Definitely, I was like scared. I was like, oh no, like what if they don't like how it smells or it tastes? Yeah, but then literally they're like, okay, time to deep throat me. Let me like push your fucking head down. I'm like, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) Such a double standard. And also (sighs) just like rampant lack of hygiene among men. Yep. Yeah. Wash your dicks. Wash your dicks. <laughs> <laughs> if you get nothing else out of this, please. I, I was like talking to uh, one of my exes, and he's a biologist, and he and we were like talking about STIs, and he's very like sex positive, mm-hmm. and like you know, like most STIs are really not a problem. It's the bigger problem is just um, people discriminating against people with STIs yeah. and all of the the taboos surrounding it. But there was one that we talked about, and I think it was like. Trichomonosis or something. Hmm. Um, I'm probably saying this wrong, but anyway, uh, I'm gonna. I wish I could look it up right now, but I feel like it'll take too long. That's fair. <laughs> but it's like Peep this. It later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see if I can find it. Trichomoniasis, trichomonosis. I, you know, not a doctor, not medically <laughs> trained at all. <laughs> but anyway, it's like this thing um, that you kind of like whenever you notice somebody that has like a kind of fishy genital odor hmm. smell. While it could be a pH balance issue. Like, sometimes it is, like, uh, bacterial or it's some kind of—I think it's a bacterial infection or something. Mm -hmm. Or not a bacterial infection. Like BV or— No, it's not bacterial uh, vaginosis. No, it's not that. It's something else. But um, I really got to do a whole episode about that. (laughs) I definitely have had some clients that, like, consistently have fish dick. And I'm like— what's going on here okay. and maybe it's that and maybe we need to like go to a doctor but mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's it's a real problem yeah and it could be a health issue and it usually is a health issue yeah which like is a whole other ball of wax like trying to access like good care but yeah accessing good care and it's i mean you know like people will spend a lot of money for things that bring them joy and pleasure but not necessarily for things that take care of their health true um I'm guilty. Yeah. I mean, capitalism. <laughs> it's man. capitalism yeah. and being human, like, bye, too. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. And sometimes that's nice, but... Sometimes it is nice. Yeah. I definitely get caught up in the, the money-making, like, kind of cycle. And then, like, I'm like, oh, wait, I need to, like, take care of myself, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like I've been in, like... A money pit, not a money pit as far as being in debt, but like in a money pit of like, I want more and more and more money so that I can have more and more and more comfort and safety later on versus taking care of my present needs and mental health. Yeah, valid. And, And it's, you know, it's something that you constantly have to like work against because capitalism puts all of these pressures on us to be endlessly productive accumulating money, considering our future whenever we're not useful, (laughs) quote-unquote useful to society, and where we'll have to kind of sit on what we've accumulated. Yeah, totally. So, constant concern, real things. (laughs) Money shit. Money shit. It's real. Yeah. So, okay, um, getting back to (laughs) these questions— so what was was there an average client or was there like a really wide breadth of people? Honestly, the, the like the clients are just kind of like 
every man kind of men, yeah. you know, like I had a lot of like construction workers, um, a lot of like bankers, um, yeah, just, just like average working Joes, I feel like honestly uh-huh. is kind of the, the general demographic. I think people have a misconception that there is a kind of person that participates in sex work or mm. that wants to purchase it. Yeah. And that they're skeevy, like weird old guys or like the yeah. like coked out businessman with like a reckless abandon yeah. who has no boundaries. But it really is There just, are some of those, but it's oh, like— Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's, you know, there's shitty people in every circle, but it's oh, yeah. it's just like— it's just people. It's just and it's everybody. the same for sex workers, too. You yeah. know, like, they have a conception of, like, what a sex worker is and looks like. And it's like, no, there's all kinds. There's like, really all yeah. kinds. And that's something that I truly appreciate, like, the the breadth of people that I've worked alongside. Yeah. And it's all, like, all colors, all education levels, all gender identities. Yeah. It's... Everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody participates. Not everybody, because I am still want to include our aces out there. Yeah. Holla, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. We love you. You're special and normal. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, like if anybody has ever consumed porn, then you've consumed sex work, somebody's labor. Yeah. So, um, so there is no average client, but are, okay, so... How how long were you working at the parlor again? I was there about five months. Yeah, about f- four or five months. So in that kind of short span, um, did you experience like any seasonal fluctuations? Uh, it was it was honestly summer most of the time. So I didn't. It wasn't anything that I I noticed. You know, like oh, it's really slow this time. It's really fast this time. Mm-hmm. Also, being in a room for. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. It kind of <laughs> warped my perception of of time oh, yeah. a little bit. I was just like, "How long have I been here? Like, <laughs> when did I last speak to another person?" Like, just was waiting. it like uh, was it like a windowless kind of? There room? was one. There was one window. Well, actually, it depends on what room I was in that day. Okay. Some one of the bigger rooms did have a window. Another room was just like you know maybe a little bigger than this recording booth. And this recording booth is like 5 by 10 approximately. Yeah, it's it's not not huge. <laughs> no, not huge, but So, it, yeah. Yeah, it I, I I wouldn't say there was any super noticeable fluctuation, maybe like, you know, after paydays more mm-hmm. people are able to afford services, so they mm-hmm. would come in or like yeah, kind of the weekends, but it it is like a very kind of casual environment too mm-hmm. that there were people who would just like come in after work you know mm-hmm. um yeah just a little something a little pick me up yeah a little something to take the edge off <laughs> yeah. i mean honestly I, I wish that was like more acceptable as a way a way of thinking about oh, it oh yeah yeah like, to just like a form of relaxation or yeah or contact or yeah just just anything you know like it is like an orgasm is so positive true and i think that there is this huge disconnect between like our cultural sex positivity, at least as we're trying to get to that point, mm. and like how we view sex work as something that is drawn very negatively. Yeah, as and it really varies too, depending on the the type of sex work. Mm-hmm. I feel like like stripping has really been like appropriated into a lot of the yeah. style and a lot of the culture <laughs> and like 
like clear heels. Yeah, like just people who aren't involved kind of like idealize that world a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as much as you know, it's still like something that we face immense stigma. Yeah, totally. And people don't really get that. Yeah, I think it's like you know people are more comfortable consuming like say porn because they're they're behind a computer screen. They're mm-hmm. disconnected. They don't have to like you know, interact with a real person, really. Yeah. But when they, like, come face-to-face with someone who is involved in the industry, they, they're like, skirt, like, <laughs> I don't know about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they also feel very um, just entitled to ask very— Information. In, yeah, obtrusive questions. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, the questions that I get are so um, just— unrelated to my experience yeah like one of the very common ones that people ask me is um how does it feel having so many men looking at you and I'm like I never <laughs> think about that yeah <laughs> like as I don't cons- I don't consider the men looking at me I- I'm just thinking like who's my next target and who am I gonna make <laughs> money off of like men looking at me I'm like whatever like men look at me any time, yeah. any day. Like, it's it's so regular. Yeah. But... <laughs> that's, such a, that's a weird-ass question. Yeah. How do you feel about people looking at you? Yeah, that's exactly. Strange. Like, and for me, too, like, being a really, um, I guess, quote-unquote, exotic type of minority, people are always looking at me for a reason, like, whether it's because they think I'm hot or if it's, like, they're like, what are what is she? Yeah. <laughs> And I get that question constantly. What hey, is baby, she? Hey, baby, what are you? Like, like, hey, baby, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people feel really entitled to information. Oh, yeah. I think it's, like, especially in this, like, age of social media where, like, people, like, oversharing is the brand. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not mm-hmm. not to say, like, I used to do a lot more sharing and I've, like, mm-hmm. reeled it back in and, like, yeah. keeping more for myself and mm-hmm. really, like, setting those boundaries. And, oh, Yeah. It's challenging. Because people want to know, and they have a lot of questions. And I'm like, for what? You're just like, eating yeah. up. Like, mm, yeah. let me just eat up this information. Yeah, and not like, contribute. Yeah. Yeah, know. and not understand, like, the, the labor that it takes to be so, like, generous with your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure you experienced that, like, with your stories and stuff. Oh, yeah, stories yeah. And stuff. Be- with stories. stories. With my stories and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. And content. Yeah, no, I had somebody that I know... Um, through like my acting classes because I do acting um, on the side roll roll (laughs) I want that back support so I gotta get in the chair yeah so like I had a teacher of mine and I'd like uh, made a post about how I'm like taking care of my mental health and I'm going to see a therapist and she commented something like "Um, that's so good while I like sharing on here may feel like therapy it isn't therapy so I'm glad you're getting help and I was like there were so many things wrong with that statement (laughs) I was like okay there's nothing about my Instagram presence that is therapeutic yeah it's a hundred percent (laughs) work like I don't get like affirmations out of it I'm not more mentally healthy because of it yeah I'm like there's nothing about that that makes like it is in no way therapeutic and that was like so disrespectful to me because it like blatantly misunderstood what I was doing yeah what the work I'm doing is about and and to just like make that broad assumption 
was just like, and to throw in like, I'm glad you're getting help as if there's something that is wrong, intrinsically broken about me. Yeah. So it was a really yucky comment. Yeah, F you, teacher. Yeah, F you, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people kind of want to place that on people who do sex work, that there is something broken or that mm. there is something wrong whenever you... you know, I mean, are we not all intrinsically, like, yeah. full of trauma and hurt exactly. and, like, pain? That it's, like, why, why is it so, like focused on because of like doing sex work yeah you know like a banker you know a banker oh, might have God. like deep trauma or like whatever too but oh, it's and like we know that for real like yeah um, from <laughs> from all the experiences. shit experiences yeah like honestly so much of of like phone sex work like dudes would just drop this information oh, and like wow, sometimes yeah. be entering into these fantasies too that they'd mm-hmm. want me to participate in and i'd be like this is Damn, a really this dark is trauma-informed. Yes. Like, this is clearly a trauma-informed fantasy. Oh, but, my God. Yeah. And it's like, damn. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. It's sexy therapist. Like, sexy therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, like, an article recently in Elle magazine that got a lot of flack because um, there's a sex therapist who is writing um, to Teen Vogue or Teen L or Teen Vogue. Teen Vogue is, like, on top of it right now. Yeah. I, I forget which one it is. Um, my bad, <laughs> but whatever. Um, so anyway, the sex therapist was writing about how sex work is an important issue for teens to know about too, because, you know, they're on the precipice of experiencing sexuality if they aren't already experimenting or yeah. doing things like they're, they have questions and they know about what's going on and they should have like a paradigm that is sex positive and that is pro-sex work yeah. to like, enter into the world of sexuality so that they're, you know, it starts with the next generation. Yeah, totally. I mean, we're trying to start that now, but, you know, I, it's really about these kids and about, you know, everybody else. Yeah. but It's exciting shit. But, yeah, it's so exciting. But yeah. she was talking about how, like, how can she be valued and respected as a sex therapist and people who are sex workers who don't have the same, like, collegiate backing and certificates are yeah. not respected. And they're so thoroughly disrespected yeah totally and it's and it's not just being disrespected it's being completely marginalized excluded ostracized ostracized yeah yeah I like and bullied I talked a little bit about like doing massage when I was doing it and like my family found out and they were just like you know throwing out that like oh we're worried what are people gonna think like (laughs) you know that I mean they've People have said the same about the art I make, too, mm-hmm. you know, that, like, oh, what are people going to think? But then it's, mm-hmm. like— People are going to think what they're Yeah, gonna like, I'm going to do the shit that's going to keep me, like, enriched and keep me, like, mm-hmm. enjoying life and, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I mean— If there were—honestly, if there were more legal avenues mm-hmm. um, for sex work, like, I would, love to, I would love to get back into it. It's mm-hmm. just, like, finding a safe—especially, like— at this point in time, mm-hmm. like, finding a safe and, like, legal way to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, so much is unsafe. And, I mean, it's not just, like, places getting busted because even strip clubs get busted yeah. all the time. And, of course, there's a lot of, like, um, things that toe the line of legality that happens in clubs from, yeah. like, our kind of, like, prohibition-style alcohol economy mm. at, like, a lot of nude clubs because it's illegal to have alcohol in California at nude clubs. Yeah. But also, you know, like people who perform full service or partial service, things like that. Um, But there's—anyway, so, yeah, there's just, like, so many ways that are 
Oh, uh, I was going to say, I was also going to mention that, like, people who are doing camming and online sex work, their bank accounts are being seized or frozen yeah. and things like that by by banks like Chase Bank. And, you know, so it's not safe in so many different ways. Yeah, like, just being penalized for it, like, by the way that the money is acquired. And it's like, what? It's exactly. And, like, we're so pro-money and capitalism. And it's, yeah. But, like, this one way that you can't make money. Yeah. Like you can have an orgasm. You can And I and they want to be able to access these services too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we got fucking dudes like Donald Trump who are accessing these exactly. services. Our president is and we, like we all know everybody in power is accessing sex work. And it's like much. I I just wish that we could just like allow people to access that as well. You know, like I think people who access sex work are kind of demonized as well. Like you were saying, you know, it's like, oh, just all these skeevy dudes and it's mm-hmm. like I wish we could just, like, normalize that and be like, no, this is a person who, you know, wanted a service. They mm-hmm. wanted this or that. Or they yeah. just wanted time, you know. It's like. People have needs. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, and there are providers who are, you know, capable of doing that. So why not? Yeah. Why not do that? Why not allow it? Make sure that it's safe for all parties involved. Yeah, exactly. And make sure that people are respected in what happens. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's this stuff about, like sex trafficking Mm -hmm. like and of course like that's that's a whole other ball of wax and yeah you know Mm -hmm. those people should be protected and those people should be definitely you know helped but sesta fosta like pushes more people into Mm -hmm. those kind of dangerous situations like duh if we can't legally access like ways to do this like Mm-hmm. then illegal ways are going to be accessed. Exactly. Like, I mean, the more in the shadows you are, like, the less able you are to seek help yeah. and to be considered seriously by law enforcement. I mean, that's the biggest problem is law enforcement <laughs> criminalizes uh, our, us uh-huh. and uh, our ability to act, to receive help and to have our claims taken seriously. People, Nobody takes a rape allegation seriously when it comes to sex workers. Yeah. Yeah, I— that's on it. Like I was assaulted at my the first parlor I worked at. Um, this was on my first day there. Wow! And even my coworkers, you know, I said like this man pushed my boundaries. He like kind of forced me into things I wasn't comfortable with, and uh-huh. everyone was just kind of like, "Oh, that sucks." Yeah, yeah. And then I when I went to the second place, he found. I know you yeah, you yeah. asked about like. Um, like, can you refuse a client? Yeah. Um, so this man found me at the second parlor I was working at. Mm-hmm. He walked into my room and I, you know, my heart fucking sank. I was like, uh-huh. oh, it's this dude. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not working with you again. Mm-hmm. And he seemed kind of like. Confused. Yeah. Like he didn't. Oh, my God. These he didn't men even are recognize, so fucking like, clueless. Like they don't even. They, they <laughs> like yeah. you can't pick up on this signal that I'm like. That that was not a consensual yeah, experience. Yeah, like that was that was not chill. Yeah. Um. But I was like, no, you mm. are not coming into my room. We are not. Like, I I'm want not providing. I'm not providing you any services. And he was just like, okay. And I had to like walk down and try talking to the 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 boss and my mm-hmm. coworkers. And I was like, this man assaulted me. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. And they were just kind of like, oh, okay, like whatever. <laughs> It's just taken so lightly because culturally we take it so lightly. Yeah, they're just like, oh, well, you know, you're providing sex services, so you must have, like, been cool with it. And I'm like, no, like, no, I still have boundaries and I still have limits. And Mm -hmm. 
I don't consent to everything. I yeah, consent exactly. to the things that I consent to. Yeah. And that changes on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute basis. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, like, because these places, like, were illegal as well, there wasn't kind of the fr- there wasn't the framework to keep the workers safe mm-hmm. in that way. Because mm-hmm. um, who are you going to report it to? There, there was no hierarchy no. for that, you know? There was just, like, my coworkers and then, like, a guy sitting at a desk mm-hmm. and, like, the boss who was there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just— And it's also hard, like, beyond that because, like, a lot of establishments do have people with irregular immigration statuses. Mm. And so it's hard to report those kinds of claims. So if you're, like, doubly running an illegal business yeah. and you have people who are in the country illegally— like you really can't, you can't really talk to a, a bring legal the, action law in there. authority. Yeah, people. and I definitely like hold a lot of privilege, like as a white person and like as an American as well. That being there, I mean, like I've had a job since I was fourteen, so I've I've been supporting myself. But I do recognize that like if shit really went down, like you know, I would have people who would who could be there to kind of like help me out. But there, I know there are people who are involved who like. If shit hits the fan, like that's it. Yeah, like it's it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I definitely recognize like recognize that in that yeah. situation. But it's it still doesn't I don't know take away from the like frustration and like anger and like pain of being like not taken seriously when like mm-hmm. assault or like boundary crossing or like bad things happen in mm-hmm. in sex work because it does happen oh yeah um, of course like any other workplace yeah really. i mean the amount of like harassment and things that i experienced customer in regular service, sure. customer service yeah. <laughs> it was you know it was comparable in some ways definitely yeah. like i mean you face a lot of risks but so, I, I mean, like, the bigger thing is—I mean, not the bigger thing, but on top of that, like, a lot of this is just, like, labor issues. <laughs> it's yeah. safe workplace questions. It's, you know, access to, like, employee, um, you know, hierarchy, like, liaisons yeah. and stuff like that. Like accountability. Accountability. Um, workplace safety, precautions, like, there's so many thing, layers of this that are really just, like, at its core labor yeah, issues. Yeah, totally. And people don't, like, I think that that's, like, the biggest change in how the movement around sex work has kind of framed itself. Mm. Like, it's not just about sexual assault. It's not just about trafficking. It's about labor rights. Yeah. Sex work is, like, always going to exist. It always has existed. Yeah. It always will exist. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, Let's just make it safe for for people to do it and for people to like access it. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems so simple. It's, yeah, <laughs> but they're like, mm, no. Mm, how can we make this dangerous? Yeah, <laughs> and like pretend like we don't access these services, but then like, but we do because we still have to uphold this like puritarian like idea of yeah, like the puritanical values. Yeah, mother, father, like I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's weird too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I'm glad that you were able to refuse that client and that experience. Yeah, totally. Um, Was it a competitive environment at all in, like, the second—or wait, I guess you said the first one was where you were kind of in a room. Yeah, where, like, clients saw all of us together. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say competitive. Um, 
I think I also just, like, looked very different from mm-hmm. my coworkers. So, like, there were some people who were, you know, interested in... A, it, yeah, I mean, people have types. Yeah, so I don't, I don't feel like it was necessarily competitive. Like, maybe secretive a little bit in some ways. Like, that people didn't really talk about what they did in the rooms or oh, yeah. that There's, kind of stuff. That's another thing that's so common. It's such a prevalent thing in sex work is, like, people not discussing what they do. Got to keep safe. And you really do. You have to be safe. And also, I mean, even within sex work communities, there's so much slut-shaming. Yeah, like full-service workers are Full-service workers are definitely, like, thrown under the bus and just the constant source of— I don't know, like, people— find reasons to to feel like you know that person is getting in the way of their business yeah yeah i don't know it's like you're out here like fucking dudes for free like why not when like it's being monetized like yeah what's what's the difference yeah you know and and i mean you know i think a lot of people i don't know i guess i don't want to say it's like a total excuse because there is, I mean, people do want full service, but I think people just, like, it. it's another scapegoat. Mm. Because, like, there's other unfair factors that are happening within the industry that yeah. cause a lot of, like, the, the kind of sense of scarcity. And that's, yeah, I mean, and beyond that, there's even, like, societal things that cause, like you know, inequalities in what people earn. Yeah, totally. You know, it's sexism or chromatism or, like, fat phobia. Yeah. Or just a variety of different things. Yeah, totally. And full-service sex workers doing their thing is usually not going to affect your bottom line. Yeah. I, like, I tried doing full-service for a second, but it was just, like, difficult to to make that shit happen in a safe way. Yeah, it's really hard. And I just got stiffed on money a couple times that I was like, meh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, whenever I've done extras, I've been, like, concerned and about getting stiffed at the last second. And I'm always worried about that, even if I'm just doing regular, like, whatever's on my menu. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when there's not, you know, there isn't the— There's no enforceable way to yeah, make sure to... you get your money. It's like a verbal— like a verbal, a visual, agreement like yeah, that you make, and yeah. that's just you know nobody's. There's no like guarantee. There's no, and then you. It's document. like also a safety issue sometimes too. You know, like you're trying to gently be an enforcer, but like mm-hmm. I don't know, like people ghost shit. Yeah, yeah, people like could ghost. Like people could get violent. Like there's yeah. no, there's no like real protection there in yeah. a lot of ways. So when I mean like ghosting, I mean like they pretend like they have a condom on and then they take it off. Like oh. that kind of shit. Like all of those ways that people will. That shit's scary. It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I'm like, let's watch you put that on now. Yeah, let's watch <laughs> you put that on yeah. and make sure I never turn around and don't. <laughs> or like, like fucking people who will like poke holes in condoms. Oh my god, that never happened to me. But yeah. like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I've heard tales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all heard like so many different horror stories and experienced yeah. our own kinds of horror stories. I had one phone client that like his thing was all about like impregnation, Ugh. like as well. Oh man, yeah. 